by the end of Saturday, it was we need to take out the young dude. We need to take out the lefties. Yeah. I'm I'm having a hard time hitting five foot putts. Did I see that you hit a ball so hard you broke a driver head? That is uh, that is correct. It may be the only ball I squared up all day. <laughs> What's so, your handicap? Well, we don't have to talk about that all right. right now. I was a member at a private course like the last two years, but I've never been it. It's like into golf. Is that a humble brag guy? <laughs> that was such a humble brag. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lefties Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Ron Newkirk, and we have a special guest host. He's been uh, uh, on the podcast a couple of times, but the first time as a guest host, that's Coach Pete, Pete Agazarian from NPI, uh, owner, operator, uh, among a million other hats. And now you can put on your resume guest host for the Lefties Lounge. Welcome back, yes. man. Yes. <laughs> you made it. You made, made it into it. the big time. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, uh, you name it. You name it. It's happening. Yeah. A little, it. little bit has uh, been going on since the last yeah, time. When's spoke? the last time I was on? I can't. Honestly, I was, I think was about it. yeah, I was thinking about that. And I think it was after like maybe the second time that we went there. Cause yeah, we, so had you, we had you, we had you on and then we started doing uh, our lessons. And I think it was like the second after our second lesson or first or second lesson, but it was a while ago. And um, for those of you that we're not going to go crazy into like the history of MPI. Cause if you want to do that, you can listen to our, the first episode that we did. Um, <laughs> but for people that are, are new, why don't you just explain a little bit about what MPI is, what you do, and then we can just get into like what you've been doing all winter or all summer, because it's been a lot. There's a lot of new additions, very exciting stuff that's going on there, but um, just give us a little background. Yeah. MPI is short for Northeast performance Institute. Um, you know, we started out in, in golf, uh, you know, as a primary sport. And we have a lot of amazing golf coaches, Hall of Fame golf coaches. Uh, we have five golf locations in Connecticut. And, you know, we expanded into uh, Major League Baseball down through college or college bound high school players in January of 2021. Um, just a ton going on. But I mean, we're a kind of become this athletic development community of people that really have a huge amount of resources around everybody that's in the community, whether it's athletes, parents, uh, you name it, anybody wants to engage with us. It's, it's become, you know, a community of people rather than just a country or a, a company. Sorry. So it's, it's been great. It's been an awesome, uh, 2021 after a really tough 2020, just like everybody else. Um, yeah. But yeah, just a ton, ton of stuff happening. A ton of stuff has happened since the last time I was on the pod. Yeah, I um, feel like I just the community alone has grown pretty damn uh, big since the last time we spoke. I mean, you guys were, were getting into, a, you had your locations and baseball has really kind of picked up for you, I feel like. I feel like the, the, whole, the whole other sport thing has really picked up. Um, but just, I mean, even this off season, I feel like there's just a lot of hustle and bustle. We're kind of in the Northeast is kind of a time where we kind of stop watching golf and doing all this stuff, but it's, it seems like right now you guys are, are really thriving. We're just cranking up for the off season, yeah. you know, and we've, you know, over the last two years to try to even just change a culture of, you know, what the winter looked like for golfers in Connecticut, 
know, and it was something I've been doing in Massachusetts before this and New Hampshire before that. And we created a culture of just, this is a development period. Like this is where you're going to dive into some, some tough changes that you don't want to make during the season. So you don't sacrifice valuable, valuable playing time. And, you know, now we just, you know, we have four off season locations. One, uh, our main flagship is Portland. We have Southington with Chris Cody at, at each location. Then we, we partnered with, um, over the summer, Tumblebrook Country Club in, in Bloomfield. And there we do a ton of great junior work with Evan Lambert and myself. I handle all the competitive teen programs. Uh, we added a TrackMan simulator there in, nice. in their clubhouse. Um, and it's awesome. It's awesome. It's so really they, you're going you're gonna to be able to work there all, all winter? Is that the all hopes? year? All year, yeah. yeah. So did they did they ever have anything like that before? Like, uh they have FlightScope. Um, okay. and they have like the E6 software by FlightScope. And yeah. they do that a lot for recreation. And I know Rory Maxwell, who's the head pro there, does some teaching. Yeah. But it's a lot of just the members coming in, getting a drink, playing and having some fun. Yeah, more a casual instead casual. of grind time. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we added, you know, just starting this month in Old Saybrook, we partnered with the Sam Spector, who used to just kick my ass in junior golf <laughs> um, down at, uh, at Function Fitness in Old Saybrook. And they have an existing TrackMan simulator um, that we're just really staffing with Ron Beck and Tom Pannier from Madison Country Club. So that's just getting going. And, uh, you know, we have added a ton of coaches for the winter in yeah. portland uh, we have eight coaches now in portland wow uh, including myself using all three studios uh, every day of the week and then we have uh troy and brad and old saybrook who are just awesome you know that's, because that one they have one studio there it's crazy and it, it seems like you've been getting a, a pretty good like there's a lot of people signing up and and like there's a want for this right like you're just filled up and there's a reason why you keep expanding now yeah i mean i'm i'm filled up i know a lot of the other coaches you know that we have the golf coaches we have um have still have some availability you know you have to you know look at their schedules online and see what they have but yeah it's a great time to do work like well, that's the thing how how important is it really I mean, I learned this year, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, but I know I, I reached out I to did. you. It was and, really fun. Um, it was fun. Yeah. To to I wish, I wish you were on for that too. Like just so that we could say thank you. And I wish graphic was here today. Unfortunately he couldn't be there, but um, I know it how was awesome to listen to. Honestly. Yeah, I know. I, and now I know how important like putting the work in is too. And like, not only, not only putting the work in, but knowing like what to do. And and that's a big part of what you guys do. And, and to the people that like have never taken a lesson or done anything like that, like it's so important to know like what you're like, there's a difference between learning from you or Ron or like any of the people that work for you or any, anybody that does lessons than looking at YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you need to have that professional advice and it's just how important is winter to, for amateurs? It's huge. I mean, especially in Northeast. And I talk about this all the time is like, you divide it into two periods. Like you, you talk about the golf season as like a performance period where you're there to do, you're there to, you know, and any kind of changes that I make with people. And I know we make with people in season 
are going to be like the least intrusive and most effective way for you to just play better right away, right away. There's no grip changes. There's no like, you know, intrusive surgery. Right. Things that are going to really screw you up. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. And you sacrifice yeah. valuable playing time. You're not having any fun. Like you have five, six months in the Northeast to just enjoy playing golf. Right. Then you have six or seven months of the year that you can't play. So we tackle some really intrusive parts of changing that can help you kind of level up your game and, you know, get over maybe a plateau you're on or just start working on your swing in general. And it's not a time to put the clubs away. Right. It really isn't. And people, you know, in this area are just getting accustomed to the idea of structured coaching programs that, you know, you have a progression that you're working through and you're working towards some long lasting changes. You're not just showing up and talking about chipping that day. Like it's, you know, you're really working through a progression of changes that's going to culminate like at the end of the season and heading into the season, just have a, a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of guys that I don't see during the season at all. Yeah. It's kind of opposite. You see them during the winter, like a lot, and then they kind of just go and do their thing. Cause it is, it, it's Seriously. Uh, any amateur that, that cares about their game a little bit knows how frustrating it is when you like, when you're struggling and then you try and fix something and that doesn't work too. Like this is the time when you do the work like so that you can enjoy the time. And I, I noticed that the most, I mean, you didn't do a ton, like when we first started, but it already has changed my game. Like, because it's just so much more fun. And like, I'm not, I didn't really change that much, but like, you just showed me a baseline, kind of what we talked about in the, in the first podcast. So we talked about, and, and that has been huge, like, and I'm excited to see what would, what's going to happen in the winter. Yeah, like, do you sure. have, have you thought about it? Is there any like big changes that you're going to make with me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, what do you think? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, it, it, my, I feel like I look like more of a golfer, but I feel like I could even get to the next level. Cause like I'm chasing traffic and I know, I know he's probably gonna be <laughs> listening to this, but that dude just keeps staying two strokes ahead of me. I bump down and he just goes out and shoots 71, one under, like an idiot. <laughs> now he's, You helped him a ton. I, 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 like I said, I'm not taking credit for any of that, but I'm glad that I was there because I don't know. Uh, he might have taken driver out a little too much. You probably take, listen, I was listening to the podcast while I was breaking leaves. And it was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> if you were there you would have laughed even harder because it was we were legit there was there's a couple times i'm just like dude just don't be an idiot don't yeah, be don't. stupid there's no there's no reason to be a hero i think He's there like, was one time they were like i was about to tackle you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i probably would have because after he made that eagle it was ridiculous but um but yeah i'm excited to to see what the off season brings um i'm excited to putt a lot during I mean, I feel like that's something anybody can do. Um, that's what we always did. Like growing up, there was never anything like this. There was ne- nobody like myself even existed. Yeah. You know, as far as like coaching and technology and all that stuff. I remember a place in Cromwell, you know, strip mall had a simulator and people were like, what the hell is that thing? Yeah. And it was like a 1998 version of 
a virtual like simulation golf so i can't imagine it was too too accurate um but <clears throat> yeah i mean we're gonna dive in yeah we got some backswing changes for you okay i'm excited i'm excited to see see what it brings um for any of those people though that want to come and reach out to you i know there's a it's Thanksgiving is coming and everybody knows that black Friday is coming too. Um, I know there's a little deal. So what's that code that they can do and uh, what's the best way to, to book something up with you guys? Yeah. So we have a gift card promo going. It's 15% off uh, gift card, any gift card, hundred dollars or over the, co- the codes NPI 21. And you can go to our website, uh, gonpi.org and go right on the top it says buy a gift card you can get an e-gift card right there nice. you can visit um our portland or southington location get a physical gift card if you want to uh we have front counters right there but yeah it's anything nice. over a hundred dollars is 15 percent off and we could do that online with that promo code or at our portland or southington location nice and i've said this a million times on this podcast before that if any, if you're listening and you're, you're buying a gift card for your husband or your golfer, it's just so much better to get him a gift card for a lesson than it is for a, a box of balls or a polo or anything else that we have a million of like lessons have changed golf, for- especially on trackman. Like with the technology today. It, and I mean, it is just, isn't that a huge game changer though? Wasn't yes. that like, that kind of feedback wasn't like they, that the biggest thing. It was the not knowing the numbers and watch it and knowing and you explaining what it means. Like it, it is like, there's numbers. Just, there's it's the knowledge. It's, it's knowledge. And I never thought like being an athlete, I, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to learn how to do it. Like, but you can't learn how to do it without somebody who knows how to do it. Like, it, well, it's I just, mean, the biggest, the biggest thing, like, like I worked on with you guys was, yeah, there was some technique stuff, but like you said earlier, there was a baseline. Mm. Like you had some kind of workable baseline that was just, you know, when you're in it, you went back to that and it was, it worked. Like right. it was just, you weren't trying things. You weren't out on the golf course trying a bunch of different things exactly. that maybe worked, maybe it made it worse. It was like, this is what's the most productive thing for you. And that was it. Like, it was like, this is what you do when it's going well. Why right. don't we make that the plan? Right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, cause how important is it to, in all reality, you're not going to change things on the golf course and like going into a round saying, okay, I'm going to work on this move or I'm going to do this. Or like, I was even talking to graphic, uh, before around and I was like, I might stop going to the range before, because like that can have such a big mental downfall or uplifting on your round. Like if you have a bad round, you're already going to the first tee, like, oh crap. Or if you're going with like a swing thought, like you're screwed. You, you yeah, need to just you go out you're there. So screwed. You need to go out there and go to your baseline and go with what you know, like, or yeah. what you have that day. Right. No, you go with what you know, honestly, yeah. you yeah. know what it's cause I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, when they're in the studio with me and we're working on things and we're being really thoughtful and intentional, Mm-hmm. I was, I tell them flat out, I was like, this is not the place you should play golf in. Right. It was like, it's okay. If we're here, we're, t- we're being thoughtful and intentional. You want to be thoughtful and intentional with your practice. 
so that when you go out and play, you're being as thoughtless as you possibly can. Right. And you're out there just playing golf. You're just getting you're the ball. You're not thinking about what you want to do. You're thinking about where the ball is going, the shot you want to play, mm-hmm. getting the ball in the hole. That's yeah. it. Like, and, and that's a huge flop that people do. They, they're, they trying to go out in the, in the golf course and think about all this stuff so actively. Right. And you're, 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 you're screwed. You're just completely screwed at that point. Yeah. You're screwed before you even go like before you swing. Yeah. Like, honestly, I've never, like, I've always knew the mental side of the the game was super important and that stuff, but like just separating practice from, from play alone is huge. Like that, that in that side of like the mental whole part, like you just got to go and play like, and that is something that you taught me. Like there's, there's three things. It's that hitting the center of the putter and that little, that, that little move that made me look like a little better golfer. <laughs> made you look like a, a golfer, like an actual, case. like an actual golfer instead of somebody you, trying to our second session. It was like, wow, I look like a golfer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, 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 I still toy with taking a screenshot of that video and just putting it as my background in my phone. <laughs> 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 I feel like that would be a little weird. So I haven't done that yet, but I, I keep sending the picture to my wife and hopefully she'll do it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, oh, but it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just super important. And um, yeah, go to, go to, go get the gift cards guys. Cause it's, if, even if they don't listen to this whole podcast, just tell them to go listen to that one little part about the, the 15% off and then, then just leave them alone. So at least you'll get a good <laughs> gift. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let, let's talk about what, what's new at MPI. I know there's a couple things. Um, I know you have the new locations and stuff like that, but I want to talk a little bit like what's going on with the baseball thing. Baseball this, just blew up this year. Yeah, like, this, I mean, is, it, this is really crazy. So I'll give it – I don't think we really dove into this at all, have we? Not really. No, it was still at the beginning. It, like it was, it was like before everything really popped, you know. We didn't do too much about baseball, but it's, it's alive and well. And like what's going on? Are you doing a lot with the offseason? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, lab work in the offseason is huge. Right. So I'll go back to the beginning. It was like 2017, met Pete Fatsy um, randomly at Soccer City. You know, he was doing a, a camp and I used to coach there in the, in the winter. Um, you know, helped him. He had just gotten hired as the Twins hitting coordinator for their entire minor league organization. So um, I helped him benchmark out all the technology like TrackMan, uh, K motion, body track force plate, and it helped him understand how he could benchmark out all the metrics for the entire organization. He crushed it, like crushed it his first year. Like, but you know, it was a really random situation where he was running a camp for kids with Nick Ahmed, who plays shortstop for the Diamondbacks. He's from East Long Meadow. Super nice guy. Um <clears throat> And I, I just strolled in with my, my backpack of stuff and my force plate and setting up like usual. And, you know, before I knew it, I, Pete was sitting with me, like asking if he could hang out and watch. And I had like six minor league and major league guys being like, wow, this is dope. Like what's going on here? Like, and they just hung out and want, I was doing a case study um, that ended up getting published by TrackMan and I ended up getting TrackMan Master from it. 
but I had an old baseball coach that I was testing that day. So it all worked out. It all kind of stars aligned and it all was really, really cool, wow. cool thing. So Pete came back with a player from Quinnipiac. I helped him with some of the technology. Like I said, help him benchmark out all the, some of the matrix or the metrics that, that trackman measures and 3d and all of that. So he thought it was cool enough that he brought back, um, he brought back Nick Ahmed, his brother, Mike, um, who, you know, Mike's been in the minor leagues. He made it all the way to AAA um, and another, and a kid from UConn. Okay. And I think that was five days after that. And, you know, helped out Nick with some ground force stuff. Nick's batting average went up 40 points the next year. The year after that, it was, a, it was about 10 points lower. And then, <clears throat> you know, just some ground mechanic work that I helped him out with that, um, move the needle for him and he ended up getting paid and, you know, he helped out his family and big time. So it was really, really pumped from him. That's awesome. And then we, you know, we moved the company to Connecticut, reconnected with Pete Fatsy, who at that now, at that point, uh, this was November last year. And he was the assistant hitting coach with the major league club with the Red Sox, nice. um, which now fast forward two weeks ago, he got promoted to head coach, head hitting coach for the Red Sox. Major oh, league wow. Club. Well, congrats. Uh, so he's our main baseball advisor now, which is, which is really cool. Uh, we have a big meeting with our baseball staff <clears throat> uh, on the third. That's great. And I mean, having him on the team has got to be, that's huge. It's huge. Cause it, yeah. you know, it, it opens some doors for us. He's a huge yeah. resource. Just credibility, uh, right. You know, yeah, like, credibility, huge. Yeah. Uh, he's like, <clears throat> that's been an existing relationship from way before he's with the Red Sox. So yeah, that's um, awesome. It's great to then, see people grow like that too. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you're here for. You yeah. Know? It's awesome. It it's is great. awesome. You know, and with him and I have great conversations about how 3d applies to hitting and, and all this stuff. And, you know, we're helping him out with some forces and torques and a lot of the stuff we do at Jacobs 3d and helping them understand how rigid body dynamics applies to baseball as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so <laughs> last December, I was coaching four days a week. <clears throat> and I would say I spent the other three days on a scissor lift, putting together a, a, a hit, a batting cage in <laughs> our hitting, what is now our hitting lab in Enfield. That's 1800 square feet of industrial space. Yeah. Got a really small office. We have a hitting cage. that's about 50 by, uh, 50 feet long by, you know, 14 feet wide and 14 feet high. We have a squat rack and some workout stuff for Joe Hudson, who's our performance advisor, because he's also with the minor league affiliate of the, the Red Sox, which he got promoted from uh, high A um, South Carolina to double A Portland Sea Dogs. Okay. Um, this year. So, you know, that I spent the entire right after Christmas through the first week of January, we were balls in the air. <clears throat> wow. So we had for the whole month of January, we had uh, probably two dozen mind league and major league guys coming through work with Pete to work with Huddy and to just get ready to report. So it was, it was massive. It was, it was just awesome because it was immediate. Yeah. Just the response from people you're saying. Yeah, because you yeah. know, you know, 
Pete want they want to work with Pete. They want to work with Huddy. They want to get ready. Right. Um, now, did they have <clears throat> did they have that technology beforehand, Pete and Huddy? No. So this is so it's just you already. I have, bought him a tra- I bought him a baseball TrackMan unit. Yeah, you already I have the credibility him, of these guys. I bought him now. a 4D like motion capture system, yeah. and I was like, "Here you go, guys." Like, so it's just making it. them that much better because they're Leveled taking up. their knowledge and then adding this technology into it, um, just raising the game, raising the bar. Yeah. So TrackMan has a mobile baseball unit. Um, NPI has the only mobile baseball unit north of Virginia. My understanding. Let's go. Um, there's some stadium units that are all fixed. I know the the stadium and and Norwich and and New Britain have stadium units, but they've been dormant for about three to four years, maybe five. So you have to recalibrate them, and it's tough. And why is that? Because nobody knows how to use them. Is that the biggest issue? Yes. Okay. So how do you teach? Uh, it's just interesting to me. How do you teach something like that? You, just, I mean. I guess I learned a lot just from lessons and stuff. Is it easy to teach? Like once you know the numbers and like get, like if you know baseball or like you, you have to spend some time with them and really. No, you really have to spend time with them. And it's hard to find, you know, baseball coaches that are a willing to accept technology into their coaching in general, because baseball, this was the most mind blowing thing I found out about being around major league baseball. Okay. Major League Baseball looks to golf for everything. Really? Technology, go on. Go development on. paradigms, everything. Really? Well, look at the <clears throat> TrackMan has a stadium unit in every Major League Baseball stadium. Okay. Major League Baseball didn't renew their contract with TrackMan. So instead of taking out the stadium units, they gave it to the organizations. So I guess my question is why is why was nobody using it then? They were using it, and that's how you see exit below. That's how you see oh, launch angle. Oh, oh. But that's how you see they're when not AWS using is sponsoring some kind of throw velocity or player velocity of running. Yeah. That was all trackman. Okay. Now they're using Hawkeye, which is a, a different company, but they're having the same issues. Okay. I have a I have somebody that I coach that's you know big into the analytics department at Major League Baseball and um i've been able to i've gone to fenway park uh yankee stadium city field and philly stadium to see trackman and it's very unglamorous it's very very unglamorous <laughs> and you know to the point where the the at, at i would say it's especially egregious at fenway where you have three nerds wearing winter coats in august sitting in a walk-in cooler that houses the mainframe for the entire stadium, you know, and you have one guy that's, excuse me, resizing the strike zone to every player. You have somebody that's sitting next to his, to his right called a stringer that's logging every play digitally. And then next to him, there's a, someone called a scrubber that's scrubbing all the data to make sure the markers are assigned correctly for each player. You know, if, players cross paths, they can get their markers crossed up and all the data is, is no good. So, you know, you're standing on the, the right field rooftop where you have to walk on wood planks to get to the main, the walk-in cool that houses the mainframe. Holy crap. It's really unglamorous. It's, yeah. when it's, it's the central hub for everything you see. Um, whether it's so, it's so normal watching. now to watch a baseball game and see all those, see the numbers and see like, 
the strike zone and all this stuff. Like that's wow. That's, that's so interesting. It's so, it's so crazy to be there. And you're just like, Oh, I bet. This is how they do it. And you're freezing. And these guys got winter coats on. It's hilarious. <laughs> that's crazy. Why does um, it have to be cold? Well, you're housing the entire mainframe of the entire oh, state. So it just gets so hot. Yeah. It needs to cool off somehow. I guess, I guess that was kind of a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving but, on. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, so to get back to what I was saying is that like, I know Pete reported to spring training in February, but before that, our director of baseball, Mike Tempolini, came up in January to visit. Um, and, you know, he ended up, we ended up hiring him, signed on, and he's been awesome. Uh, he's a pitching specialist. He came from Driveline, which is out in Seattle, which, you know, we really aspire to be a, an East Coast counterpart to that, where it's more about being a resource for other coaches and stuff like that, doing a lot more in analytics and research and developing different protocols and stuff like that and doing a lot of reporting and, and some training. Um, so Mike came on board. He does pitch design for major league and minor league baseball players, some high school kids. And on exception, if it's younger than high school, if they're just showing a lot of exception, I know we're going to start working with a, a 13 year old that, that throws 86. Um, yeah, pretty good. Right. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> I can't throw 86 with a pitching wedge. I was throwing 86 in college. <laughs> I was a grown ass man. <laughs> That's so, crazy. You know, really gave uh, Mike as many tools as we possibly could. Um, worked with him really closely. We ended up sending uh, <clears throat> a proposal to the Futures Collegiate Baseball League um, in April or March. I'm sorry, March. Okay. And, uh, met with Joe, the commissioner, Joe Pellucci, the commissioner, he's based out of Weymouth, Mass. Hmm. Uh, he liked the proposal, you know, basically what we ended up doing being was the uh, analytics and uh, technology partner for the entire league. So what we did was we took the TrackMan baseball unit to um, batting practice uh, on 60 different occasions. Oh, wow over the course of the season and we got you know hitting dynamics during bp and then there once the game started with uh, mike and the other guys on our team went out to the bullpen and got some pitching dynamics nice but we ended up having what we still do on our website as a leaderboard for all the trackman parameters that came out of that mobile baseball unit that way these kids had something for scouting, you know, cause these are all college players that want to either get better or they want to get recognized by scouts or, right. or all of the above. Um, so it was something they can say, Oh, wow, this is, you know, so the futures league really grabbed onto it. They did a lot of stuff on social, like top exit below for hitters, top, you know, top fastball velocity for pitchers. It was really, really cool. Really, really cool. And, you know, we had the, um, at the all-star game. And I know we're going to be doing this again for them, all of this plus more for them next year. Uh, we had it there for home run derby and it was, it was just really cool. One of the, the PA announcer who's actually in my fantasy baseball league or football league sorry, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> was, uh, was there, you know, just 
shouting out exit velos and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. It was and really it gives, cool. So. It gives the kids like something to look at and just be like, okay, well, this is what I'm struggling in. I need to get to this number. Like there's just, I mean, just like with golf, if you know the numbers and you know what you need to do, like it's, it makes it a lot easier to, to go out and then figure out how to do it. Yeah. Just like, but just like in golf, baseball has other items like this and they, they measure exit velo launch angle and it's great. But the thing that TrackMan has that the others don't is the ability to pair up to six cameras to do slow motion video analysis from six, potentially six different angles wow. on whatever you're working on hitting or pitching. So you can have this video overlay plus potentially 3d data on the body movements with the data parameters for that exact like hitting your pitching motion so that's something we do from the development standpoint and that's without like i feel like the only way that you could get like that 3d thing is by putting like those little balls on on you yeah you got to be in a 3d lab but this is a live like outdoor bp setting or a live pitching set setting and i'm sure it's only getting better like as we are speaking right now it's probably they're probably gonna have eight different views by next year yeah it's but you know you only really need two or three maybe yeah you know but that's wild we we ran through the season and i think the big the big you know because going into this you know mike and myself and joe pellucci who's the commissioner all agree that we through doing this we're going to find one two or three like diamond in the rough players that you know, maybe, you know, no, someone's not aware of, but through what we're doing can kind of expose their abilities. Well, didn't that, can you, are you allowed to tell that story about that kid, that outfielder yeah. that they found oh, out yeah. he's actually yeah, a pitcher right? it's in, it's <laughs> or he should be a pitcher summer. It really is. It's yeah. Tell us that story. Best. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to start training with us after his finals are over, which is awesome. Like, yeah. It's one of the coolest things that I've heard. So best story of like this kid plays for central Connecticut. He's an outfielder. I think he started to throw a little bit now and he threw a little bit over the summer, Okay, but Mike was there doing a side bullpen session and this kid threw a little bit and he happened to be out there and he started throwing on the track man. And Mike's is, you know, Mike does pitch design. He's a pitching specialist. He knows what he's looking at. He's like the me version of pitching basically. Right. Right. (laughs) So this kid, this kid, Dan comes up and starts throwing and Mike does like this head tilt thing. Like, okay, who's this kid? And he's like looking on, he's like, he's not on the pitching roster because he plays outfield. And he starts lighting up the track, man. Mike's like, who is this kid? Cause he's got a, he's got a fastball. He's a lefty. He's like six, four. Um, he's got a fastball that sits around 91 and he's raw. It's like raw, but he has a cutter that sits at 89 that dry drops 18 inches, 12 to six. Like, so he has a cutter that has the same release point, similar velo, but drops off the face of the earth. Like, <laughs> like some Mario. And then he has, he has a change up here, the curveball, And then he has Jesus. A, a as an outfielder, this as guy an outfielder. Has, all, has five pitches. Has five pitches that he can throw for a strike. Yeah, not to bring and up bad things healthy. again, but I had three pitches, two really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't count my shitty curveball. <laughs> so, 
and Mike found this all out later after he, you know, he was like, listen, you know, it was like, I know you play outfield, but, you know, can you come, you know, we're going to be at this stadium, you know, this day, can you throw like a hundred percent like session for us? And that's where we got all the data parameters and everything. And, you know, so Mike was, Mike called me and I was at Tumblebrook coaching. He's like, can you call me? I just, you know, I need, I need your advice on something. And he was like, yeah, he was telling me this story over the phone. And I was like, you know what? Give this kid a hundred percent. Like, so Mike wrote up this detailed report with TrackMan numbers and, and video overlays of the grip and everything like release point with slow-mo video. And he wrote it up for nothing. And he gave it to this kid and he sent it to Joe Pellucci, who's the commissioner. And Joe sent it to every major league scout that he knows. So now wow. this kid goes from at the beginning of the season, having playing outfield, just wanting to get better to now potentially being drafted, being in the major league back draft, being drafted, pitching at the professional level. <laughs> That's all because of technology. Yeah, all because we were there and had a track man that he happened to throw on. That's amazing. I mean, the best so thing, the best thing like, possible right now is that he yeah, gets right? drafted and wins a Cy Young in 2022. Whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever however far he takes it. But, Good luck. You to know, to, to be able to potentially change a kid's baseball life just by. But that's by the being. thing. Like it, now, I mean, he don't have to worry about hitting now. He doesn't have to worry about shagging balls. Like he can just be a pit. Oh, shagging balls is a thing that pitchers do, but he's not going to have to really hustle. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when, when I saw Mario, Mariano Rivera shagging balls in the outfield and it's like second to last year, yeah. I was like, what the hell is he doing out there? Oh, like, it's the best. <laughs> it's, it's the best thing. Cause I was a relief pitcher in college and it's the best just going out there shagging. And then if you're, if you just get the call, somebody's just like, Hey, go take a couple swings. Like that's what you live for just to, <laughs> to, to pitch a little bit and bear down. But then when you get those little at bats or get to go shag some balls and not think about pitching, that's the best, but man, it's, uh, that's such a crazy story though. To me, when I heard that, it's just like technology so we, just takes just it to the next level. Yeah. Seriously though. It's been, it was an awesome summer. Yeah. Been a little lull in the action for September, October while fall ball was going on. Cause you know, honestly, the pitching staff or the baseball staff was just kind of fried. Right. Um, we went big on planning, reaching out um, to other organizations. We're going to be doing some balls and strikes calling training for um, some umpire organizations around New England. Oh, cool. With the TrackMan unit as some feedback. Um, you know, we got a lot of stuff in the works that uh, – I can't talk about yet, but yeah, we'll we be like coming that. out really we shortly. We like the teasers. Are, we like the teasers, which are, which are re, which is really, really, really huge for us. Nice, um, be coming to fruition totally over the course of 2022. Okay, um, but I can't say anything yet. Which I would, I, I hate to be, I hate that I can't because it's well, absolutely enormous. <laughs> it's got to just, yeah, that's got to yeah. be the the worst part about doing stuff like this is that, yeah, the, yeah, it's awful you can't say anything. I'm sure you have a couple people that you tell, but like, you just want to tell the world, <laughs> you know, um, very cool but, though. Um, but we, uh, we just, we just set up, um, a partnership with apex, um, fitness in glass They have a great baseball area that they're, they're cool enough to let us use during the day. And, you know, we'll have a, a little bit of an extending golf partnership with them as well. Cause they put in a track man simulator there. 
Nice. Um, but, you know, Mike's got a, a pitching lab now uh, for the offseason. You know, until we get back outside, we're using the fields in, in Portland and uh, Waterbury for, for on-field work. And, uh, you know, I'm interviewing a, a full-time hitting coordinator tomorrow, tomorrow morning, actually. Nice. Good luck and to him. It's just growing. I mean, it's all. <laughs> it sounds like it. Just like, just like the whole golf side of things. Like this is just a whole. It's just a whole different branch of of MPI, and it's the the whole technology part of it is. It's just. It's really crazy, and and I feel like everybody's just buying in and and going for the ride. I mean, yeah. it's it's awesome. And we have our then we have our sports agency. Well, this is that's it's a perfect segue because that's what I I wanted to talk about next. MPI athletes, man, like. Yeah. It's awesome. Tell us a little bit about this and we could talk about, I, I know uh, a couple of the guys that are on board already. Ayers, Ayers is all in. Mr. He's Chris like, Ayers, he's all in. in. He was just at out. the, yeah, he was at the facility the other day. Came in for his first coaching session. It was awesome. Yeah. He did great. What was he, he let, carrying after? What's that? <laughs> said, what was he carrying after? 295. Yeah, that's pretty good. His last swing, his last driver was like he he hit the ball. He's like he's like I love it. He's nice. like I love it. I love That's it. amazing. That's what you want, right? <laughs> That's the whole point because it was like the opposite of how he was feeling when he came in. So right. it was good to just chat, That's you know, good. answer some questions he had. But like MPI yeah, so, athletes yeah. is our sports agency. He, we really got in as early as possible in the NIL, which is name, image, and likeness for college athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do professional representation for all athletes. We really can't do football or NBA, like NFL or NBA, because you have to have a, a certified agent with the NFL or NBA to represent players. Um, oh, really? But we do represent baseball players, golfers, uh, professional baseball, professional golfers. Um, and we'll be expanding what we do. Hmm. We signed our partnership. You know, we're going to have – an expanded relationship with the Futures League when it comes to NIL representation and professional representation pre-draft, post-draft. Um, and also where we sign the, you know, a, a partnership with the, the Pros for Pros Tour. Um, we're working yeah. with them to get a title sponsor to get local tournament sponsors to bur- boost up the post or boost the purse up so they can attract better players and you know, bigger purses, more tournaments, more resources, um, all of it. So, you know, we're just, we, we're really trying to bring every resource possible to these players, you know, once they get to college and professional and provide resources to, to bridge the gap between the, the college and professional ranks. I handle a lot of the, the, the youth stuff like high school, you know, tournament planning, you know, recruiting, all of that stuff. I do a lot of that stuff personally, but Patrick O'Connor is our director of MPI athletes and he handles all the representation. Okay. Now, um, can you represent high school kids or that's just kind of like the yet, recruiting project? But it's coming. Yeah. Really? Damn. That's wild. You'll see that happening after the first of the year. No kidding. Yeah. Just people scooping in there and just getting them young. It'll and- be crazy because, you know what, you're going to have – you know, maybe in the Northeast a little bit, you might have like a local high school football player or basketball player that's known in his town mm-hmm. that might do like a quick, but now everything can be a commercial. 
right. like an Instagram post for the local pizza place that he loves or his parents own or whatever the heck it is can be huge for that local pizza place because people yeah. know this kid. Absolutely. You know, and it's something that's not really done right now pretty much changing sports i would have like yeah the way the way college like everything it's gonna it's it's changing a lot of the things it's gonna change advertising altogether yeah Yeah, pretty much like people it's pretty crazy you can just yeah i never even thought of that as a whole like advertising like that's i mean yeah it's all right it's all right here right it's all right in their yeah the selfie video they can make and how much they can be charismatic and how well known they can be and exactly what their reach is. It's pretty wild. It's enormous. Yeah. So um those are those are pretty much the big the big two things. What what's in the future? What do you what what is what is the end goal of this? Like are you just gonna keep saying yes to everybody until you No, I, I said no to funny <laughs> people because <laughs> i feel like you're just you're just a grinder you don't stop i i i'm not sure if you sleep at all um, i do <laughs> probably very rarely um but what what is the end goal like what what do you see npi for this year and and maybe five years down the road what what what, what do you want this to be at the end of it well, I know we're going to have our uh, something very new and going to be a huge jumping off point for us moving forward being uh, announced here within the next two weeks. Um, it's something that's um, be the, I would say the first in the industry. Uh, this sounds like the teaser of all teaser. Cause I don't yeah. think you're going to tell us what it is. I can't, I just can't because <laughs> <laughs> I have well, non-disclosure agreements that I need to honor. <laughs> so well, that, when it happens, we'll have to have you back on so that um, you can make an announcement here. Or we'll do something. <laughs> but I know that in you know 2022, we're going to have a bigger project that's going to be coming out in the end of the year, mm-hmm. and we're going to be spending um, you know all of 22 executing on what we've already committed to, yeah. and ramping up for um, this project that's going to be coming at the end of the year in 22. So yeah. I don't see anything any new expansion coming um, unless somebody really comes to us with a, a, a well vetted and um, great situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to execute on what we have. And nice. We really appreciate everybody that's, you know, trusted us up front like this. And we really want to follow through on, follow through on all our commitments, especially, you know, Chris Cody's golf shop, and, yeah. you know, our original two facilities with them, you know, they, we, you know, I committed to doing Portland with Chris and Donna in April of 2019 and also Southington and in September of 2019. So we want to really follow through on those commitments because, you know, they were our original partners in this whole thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome for the short time that you've been been doing this. It's just crazy how it's grown. And and I just feel like the community is just like the NPI community is just bought in and everybody's doing their part to kind of help out. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, sounds like a real team effort and you're, you're building quite a, a team over there and it's really yeah, cool totally to see. Team. Yeah. Shout out Nikki Gonzalez, director of operations. Yep. Huge. She's do- crushes it. She's crushes been doing it. a great, yep. Every, every, 
every uh every meetup that you guys do because that's another thing you guys do those meetups on what every thursday third Thursday. yeah we do meetups like casual like come we do we've been doing our breweries we're going to start doing a couple of restaurants here and there so yep. for people that i'm gonna we're gonna get you to new melford sometime or close to it so we can get my people over there too <laughs> but every every time she sends sends a thing to the lefties lounge and and me and graphic and everybody and she she seems like a big part of that too she is she's all over it she's yeah. she's been a huge ad um she started out as the travel coordinator um took over as the event and travel coordinator. And then uh, Troy Cray, who's another OG family member from yeah. back in the New Hampshire days, actually. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it goes way back. He's gonna be taken over as the event coordinator because uh, Nikki's now the director of operations. So she's gonna run the day to day. Now she, now she um, a boss. Yeah. <laughs> That's she awesome. Boss. She's Good for her. Great. That's awesome. So. We got to talk tiger though. Yes, I know. I was, I, I can't believe that we made it this far. I almost just yeah. started off with tiger. Let's get into a little bit of tiger woods, dude. How, how excited were you when that like video dropped? Cause like I saw it and I was just like, Oh my God. And then I kept scrolling and the next 15 to 20 to put posts were just reposts of that same thing saying oh my god thanksgiving i'm thankful for this uh this is uh, it, it just broke the internet like it what did. It, it, <laughs> like, it completely broke it was the internet. unbelievable from a from a teaching and a coaching standpoint how did his swing look like what did it what did it look like to you awesome it looked like tiger in like 2000 yeah just to look it, i mean he wasn't he didn't swing like very it. hard it looked beautiful though and it looked just like tiger 2000 oh. like Oh my god. And I was like, I was like, yep. Because he's just doing what he can right now. Right. Right. How many he's balls do you think work. he's actually hitting right now? Because honestly, when I saw it, I was like, that's not the first ball that he's hit all since the accident <clears> for sure. I don't know. He's probably out there hitting a couple buckets, just getting back in the swing there. Right. Just doing his like, oh my God. It was amazing though. I'm so excited. And I his, I honestly, his, it gives you know, me, honestly, his, his foot and ankle mobility look really good. It was like his ankle yeah. mobility looked really good. Right. I think the biggest for, challenge is going to be walking the 18. Like I think swinging and stuff isn't going to be like the biggest issue. It's how well his leg is going to be able to hold up walking 18. And that's I a, mean, that's 72 a really for, tough injury. What do you, what do you, my he, God, the experience, what he went through to rehab that. I, I mean, mean, the fact that he's even walking. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a blessing in his own. Like he, it, yeah. The a, the fact that he's alive, b, the fact that he has his leg, and c, the fact that he's walking right now is incredible. And I mean, they must have been sitting there laughing because it was two seconds. Oh God! The video was what through two or three seconds, and it just completely yeah. melted the internet. Like oh, yeah. was, people are still anybody, posting about it. Yeah. Like he, I, I saw one, one post that tiger just won the pip, uh, money from a one swing video. <laughs> like, and that's the truth though, because I mean, we've talked about it a ton on this podcast. There's, there's nobody that moves the needle like tiger. Like there's, there's guys forever that, that move it a lot, but I'm, I, I'm just saying in sports general, like, it's not just, it's not just golf. He, I mean, every, everybody that knows sports 
knows that Tiger Woods is swinging again. And that's pretty incredible. Like yeah. that, like, <laughs> I don't know how many people. You have to look at it. Like at his height, he was the most recognizable sports figure in the world. Ever. Yeah. Like that. And that's great. Like you can arguably say ever. It was like him. Like it was like ever. It was like Muhammad Ali and Tiger Woods. <laughs> it was like, that was the, that was his company. Like, it was like Right. It's incredible. I don't know. It's just crazy to see what do you, what do you think the likelihood of him playing the masters next year will be? You think he will? Likely. You don't think not so? Likely. No, he's just teasing us. Probably 20. So probably I would say that he would be, I don't know. He'll play in a couple events in 22. He'll have more at the end of 22. And then you'll see him in the masters in 23 and really maybe contending for something by the middle of 23. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes. Yeah, no, I, I hope so too, but I just don't, I mean, I I think you're right. I think the biggest challenge for him is going to be walking. Right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because what the masters is December, January, February, March, April, five months from now. No way. There's no way. Cause you, you, he's not just going to go cold Turkey into the masters either. Like he's going to, he's, he would have to play at least one or two tournaments before. Right. I mean, (laughs) all right. You're giving me that look like that. Hey, he's tiger <laughs> no i know but like you're right <laughs> i know and it's, it's the, the masters. masters it's yeah. not like it's it's not like it's a random fall finish like yeah tour event that they're playing right now like it's right. not the yeah like the, the rsm at sea uh, island it's like it's you know it's <laughs> No, no offense to Taylor Gooch. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Taylor, yeah. <laughs> no Congrats, offense. You, you made for it. In, but yeah, this is bullshit tournament. <laughs> we were talking about the the whole off season too, like a little bit last time. Um, what do you what do you think? Like, what are your views? Do you watch a lot of golf? First off, no, I don't. No, no. Um, I follow it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Like- but like, what what tournaments do you watch? Do you watch the majors and stuff? That's it. Or? Oh yeah, I watch yeah. all the majors. Like, I'll sit down, you know, the Masters. I'll watch as much of it as I possibly can. Yeah, I just feel like it's that's awesome. a staple. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open, same. British, it's in the more the the Open Championship is in the morning, so yeah, it's great to you know have a cup of coffee before I start the day. And it's a good thing you just changed that too, because Norm would have been mad at you. For calling it the British. I know. I thought about it. He would have come right. He would have, he was, came beeline to me next year when he saw me at the conic. Yeah. He'd be like, I listened to that podcast you were on <laughs> with Ronald. And, <laughs> and it's the open. <laughs> it's the open. I had channel. sent, I sent him a text afterwards. Um, it was like an old, uh, old logo that said the British open. And I sent it to him. I was like, still see, they're still doing it. And he's like, ha you can't fool me young buck or something like that. <laughs> he's a, he's a character, but I'm glad you fixed that. Um, but back to what I was saying, um, what do you think of like the, this, the wraparound season? Like, should there be an off season for professional golf? You know, these guys like, like Gooch, they work their entire life to have an opportunity to win. Mm. 
And for a lot of these guys that, you know, they're great players. It's just that the line is so thin between winning a tour event with, you know, three or four of the top players in the world in the field versus all of them or most of them. Yeah. And, you know, it really gives these guys an opportunity to, to, to either win, make a check. I mean, it changes a a guy like Taylor Gooch changes his whole life. I mean, he, we got to look at it. He's exempt in the masters. He's exempt in the Mercedes. He's all the majors, all the majors. It's just a, big big deal he's going to, he'll go to the the tournament of champions in hawaii yeah. um not to mention the payday he's probably made a million dollars um and he's worked his whole life just to get the, this one point yeah that you know there's nothing saying that he wouldn't have won if it wasn't a full field or it was a full field or had a full complement of players but yeah it's you know nothing against the island like it's an amazing place Shout yeah, out it's Daniel nothing, Gray, who's the, I'm just having a hard time with it because like, I don't know. I feel like people aren't really watching it and they don't, the only guys that really understand what's going on is the, the hardcore guys that are like, man, that's a crazy story and stuff like that. I just feel like during these, uh, these winter months, really like kind of October, November, December, January kind of picks back. I feel like that's when like the season starts and you have the Honda and Hawaii swing and all that stuff. But these months right here, I feel like the, the PJ tour and like the LPGA, they could kind of do something to make it a little bit better viewing or, or highlight like the LPGA do something different during these months and, and not just do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems boring. That's all to me. And that's coming from a guy who lives and, and breathes golf. And I can honestly say that I don't, I don't watch these tournaments because it's just something doesn't feel there's, there's not that want to watch it, you know, but yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what they because could you're, do and, you're competing with a lot right now. Right. Like that's TV football. Wise, like NFL, Maybe, NCAA, yeah. NCAA think, basketball, like, yeah. Frankie made a great point is that they should do like LPGA tournaments or even the guys tournaments, switch it to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I guarantee you'd get it, you know, go to the West coast, have it played in prime time so that we would have something on golf channel, except for watching Faherty and those lessons with, uh, with that old man. I don't even know his name. I don't want to golf channel. Yeah. It's horrible. Cause there's nothing, it's not good. Well, it- you have Gary Williams talking. You to, want my opinion on Golf Channel? It's just this. <laughs> right. It's just talking people. It's just people it's ad, talking. It's advertising, basically. Yeah, no, but it's just people talking about people playing golf. Right. Like, I miss the days when they used to, like, not have all these personalities talking about whatever. Right. And they actually showed golf. It was How like about the big break days? To show music. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. was music videos on MTV. Exactly. There used to be golf on the golf channel. Right. Like I watched before I even got crazy into golf. I watched the big break because that was good. They made something out of nothing. Like it was even boring shells, wonderful world of golf. Like it was awesome because you had the best players in the world playing amazing golf courses. And you were watching these people play like an 18 hole stroke play match. Yeah. Like, 
Everyone loves do something. that. They got to do something. That's can we just my... get back to that? That's a lot less expensive. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Like I just don't. I don't know what they're after, and I don't. I don't get the whole thing. But whatever. Well, to um, go back to like the to go back to the tiger piece. Yeah. That's all they can talk about on the golf channel right now. <laughs> right. And how? I mean, how how long can you talk about one swing? A three-second video is all <laughs> yeah. they're talking about on the golf channel. Right? Yeah, and now they're talking. They could. They're probably moving into like Charlie Wood's odds to win the Masters in 2030, and Whatever. all that. Like just Whatever. going. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. Uh, but I mean, the end all be all is I'm so happy to see Tiger doing stuff and swinging a golf club, and um, I just I, I hope it's. I hope he plays in the Masters. I really do. I hope he. I hope that he can walk 72 I holes hope he can too. It's and, great. I mean, I love him. He's, yeah. He's I like hope the, he can do it. It would the, be, it would be epic. It really would be like, I don't even know how to put it really into words besides saying that, but it would be wild. Um, but listen, his other, his boy has been killing it on the champion store. Have you seen that? Yeah. What do you think of Phil? I mean, four out of six wins. Do you, I'm not does, surprised. He's like the either. young buck. Are they going to, do you think they're going to end up changing the, the age? I thought about no. this the other day because like, no, they're going to want as many of these guys as possible out there. Yeah. Because it's just going to drive sponsorship dollars. There's a whole new wave of guys like, you know, just after Phil, they're coming up. Yeah. They're great players too. Well, who and just, they're going to want as many of them as possible. Stricker just went in before yeah. Phil, right? He won a couple events. Uh, Miguel, Angel Cabrera or whatever his name, the, the ponytail, yeah. most interesting man in golf. Yeah. He, uh, he did that and he won a couple times. It just seems like, um, 50 might be too young. <laughs> like they just get in there and, and start winning. But I guess to your point is that's what they want. That's what they want. But the, the only can, thing how many that times can Bernard longer won't win. It's like, true. He still won like the overall thing, didn't he? Yeah, he won the but, overall like, thing, but he crushes it. Like he's 64 years old and he's crushing everybody. Like <laughs> it's absurd, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean I've not I really have I can't say that I've watched like a full champions tour event, and I can't say that I will. But if Phil Mickelson is keeps playing the way he does, I might I might tune in on a Sunday, watch the finish. Well, it's hard. It's not like, it's not like they're riding. Some of them are riding in carts. Like it's, it's John Daly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been, fine, but yeah. it's just like, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah, it's a different the quality of golf is, in, isn't any different. I mean, those guys, they can still sling. It's just, you know, it's kind of like watching the women. It's a little bit more relatable because they don't hit it as far. They don't, but they're just, they're just accurate. I'd rather watch the women, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I'm, said that for a long time. Like, watching watching the women, um, you can learn a lot from navigating a course from watching them. Yeah. Because they, you know, I'm not saying that I hit it as far as the, the top women, but, like, an average. Nelly hits it further than me by a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Nelly hits it way further than me. Um, a lot of those girls do. But the average, the average, I'm, like, right around like the same, same club things. So watching them navigate and like learning what you have to do, like basically what I learned is that I, we need to learn how to hit those hybrids and long irons to have them drop like a feather onto the greens. 
Like that's I, what they, I, that's what I they was do actually the talking best. about this earlier today that, you know, that regardless of the sport, you can, you can say, go whether it's golf, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, doesn't matter. The men's game is, has more amplitude to it. The speed's a little higher. There's a little more strength there. There's just more speed. Right. And it's, it's the thing that's sexy to watch. It's like right. everyone wants to watch it because it's, they think it's more exciting. Chicks dig the log moth. Ugh, yeah, log whatever. Moth. Whatever. Yeah. I rather watch the women's game. And I think the women's games are so much better to watch for everybody from a well-executed technique standpoint. It's more highly technical. Like, you know, growing up in Connecticut, you watched UConn women's basketball and they were so technically sound. They did everything well. They played defense well. They passed well. They shot well. Like it was just really, really good fundamentally sound basketball. And it's the same thing with golf. When you're watching golf, especially if you're an amateur golfer, watch the watch women play golf and their their technique is so efficient. They get everything they can out of what their body can do and produce everything that they can but also the choices they make on the golf course are so much more practical than the like bomb and gouge game that the men have, because right. like the men are just turned into animals now. Like they turn into. Oh, it's nuts. I was, I'm trying to look for this, uh, this stat that I was reading. So there, I forget who it was in the PJ tour. And this goes to just like, uh, accuracy and like being, I don't know, kind of better, um, than the bomb and gouge thing. Right. Whoever led the stat, I forget. I wish I could remember who it was, but the most greens hit consecutively in a row was 35. Yeah. But it was Stricker. It was Stricker ever, ever. And I don't know the LPJ tour name either. This is a this is a horrible uh, rendition of this stat, but she has hit sixty three greens in a row. Yeah, in a row. Row. <laughs> Imagine that. I don't think I hit sixty three greens this season in regulation, <laughs> sporadically. Like that is one of the most absurd stats that I've ever heard in my life and it just goes under the rug because nobody nobody knows about the lpga i think it's, it's so I think it's a travesty i think it's it a is. complete travesty it really is it really is and like the more we can try and ram the lpga down their throats like it i don't know what we have to do to to like make it better because like even somebody who wants to follow it like myself like it's very hard to follow because it's not on prime time all the time. And it's not like it's, it, I don't know. I feel like they could do a better job and I feel like the PGA tour could really help better, but that's a whole nother thing. Anyway, we always talk about that on the air, but it's I'm crazy. A huge, I'm a huge women's golfer, like huge proponent of women's golf. Mm-hmm. My mom's the golfer in the family. Yeah. You know, I, I used to play golf with my mom. My dad's just gotten a little better, but <laughs> does she still <laughs> my dust entire them? life was terrible at golf like, <laughs> like, that's hilarious <laughs> but yeah I mean, funny. It's, 
that's where it comes from for me. Like, it, you know, that's pretty wild. My mom's the athlete. My mom's the golfer. So yeah. it's like <laughs> crazy stuff. All right. One more, uh, one more thing. And then we'll get out of here. Right. We got to talk about Rory's shirt. What do you think about that whole thing? And I guess Colin, Colin Morikawa too. He won the Dubai championship or the race to Dubai. Um, first American to win that. What a season for that dude. And boy, did Rory, I, I don't know how I feel about Rory. I don't, I really don't. I, it shows passion. Um, it shows yeah. the frustration because he's, he, we all, we all thought he was back after that Vegas win and it looked great. Um, but going out shooting a 74 on Sunday and then <laughs> getting caught with your shirt all ripped up like that. Like what, what kind of look for Rory is that? He's taking it out on himself. He's taking it out on that poor Nike shirt. He's yeah. not taking it out on anybody else. It's like, yeah. it's not, he got frustrated. He took it out on that Nike shirt and that's it. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's always been like that too. Even after, I mean, he cried at the Ryder cup. Like he's, he's, and it's all on him too. Like, I feel like he puts the weight of the world on his shoulders. Um, but yeah, I, I, people are making a big deal out of it. And I'm just like, you know, he's done certain things in the past where, that I didn't really like when he, you know, threw his club, I think at the Arnold Palmer into the wood or maybe Pebble beach somewhere into the, uh, lake. And I was just like, ah, oh, I just don't know how I feel about Rory, but he's so candid and just so upfront about everything that. I don't know. I think it's okay. You know, it's just a shirt. There's nothing wrong with it. He ripped his shirt. <laughs> it's a good thing. he. Yeah. It's a good thing. He did. It's not like he's he did it on strong. the course. Yeah. I look at him. I was like, wow, he's that strong where he just ripped up that shirt. <laughs> yeah. He's like Hulk Hogan. I know. I might have to go try it just with an old crappy shirt that I haven't worn. You just won't. You probably couldn't. Just, yeah. He's might, that ripped. Well, where he's now it's like, a, now it's actually a little bit of a challenge and I might go and do it just to, just to show you. <laughs> I was like, wow, he was that mad at himself that he ripped the shirt and damn, he's strong. He's also that, a very strong guy. <laughs> he's also a really strong guy. He must've been really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then, and then Colin, like what, what kind of season? I mean, guy won two majors in this huge uh, super season two majors, I think three, I think up to this point, I saw a stat it was like 60 starts or something. They compared him and tiger, of course, because everybody that does well gets con uh, compared to him, but he's got like six wins, two majors, a WGC, a runner up in the Olympics, uh, three Oh, and one in the Ryder cup. Like how good is this kid? You think it's sustainable? Like that's, I feel like that's yeah, the biggest very, part about everything. All. It all depends on what kind of choices he wants to make. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. He's very I mean, good. I feel like with a guy he's that can hit good. irons like that, it's just, it's, you can't really make mistakes. You know, when he, put, it, it's, good. it's well known when he puts well, he's in the mix. Yeah. When he's not, he's a top 20 golfer, which is, he's just made, I think he's made $24 million or something in 60 starts. I think, he, you know, when it comes to a player that has his potential and has performed like this, you have to look at, you have to look at a few things. You have to look at what the support system's like around them. And it seems like his is good. Yeah. You have to look at what his family desires are. Like you look back at, you can have a really similar conversation to Jordan, right? Yep. So here's Jordan has a family, has a really strong support system, 
had a great year. Like maybe probably not to the point of Mirakawa's had, but he made $23 million when he was 23. Right. Doing okay. He's doing fine. Doing fine. So he started making some life choices. He had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. got married, did that whole thing, had some fun. Maybe took two years to do that. Mm-hmm. Then decided to get his game back in shape, and it took 18 months to get back to tour-level shape. And he won, he won again, and he started playing well again. Mm-hmm. And everyone's sitting there saying, what the heck happened? I was like, nothing happened. He's just being a person. Like that's, that's his choice. That's his choice that he wants to like have, a, he has a girlfriend. He wants to get married. He wants to do that piece. He wants now they have Sammy. Who yeah. Sammy Spieth. What Sammy a name Spieth. too. Yep. I thought they were going to name wow. him Ronnie Spieth, but didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> like here's a guy that's, you know, obviously, obviously has always been talented and is very talented, but you got to see what Colin wants to do with his life. You know? Yeah. And- I'm just, I'm, I'm so interested because like, that's the biggest thing with all these young players. It's, it's the sustainability through the whole thing. You saw it with Jordan. You've kind of seen it with Justin Thomas too. Like he's not getting married or anything and doing like that, but like he just, they go out and win five times in a year. And then the next two or three years, it's like, I don't know what goes on, like what, what happens. Yeah. But they but, don't really want that. They want a good, like life, a work life balance. Basically. They want a balance. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I it all depends on what like his, the choices he wants to make and what, what kind of work life balance he wants to have and what kind of support system he has. Everybody compares people to tiger, but tiger is like the ultimate. Yeah. Super down grinder that just wanted to be the best player ever to play golf and still does that's all he's ever wanted to be he doesn't mm-hmm. he never i'm like he's a seemingly a good dad like he became a father like it's a big priority for him now but like until then it was just all golf all the time there was win and else. move on yep yeah it's crazy interesting to see i hope colin does it but like you said i, mean, I think I'm, it'll be great i think he's going to be here for a long time he's not going anywhere yeah Yep. His race to the by championships a massive accomplishment. It's crazy. Maybe bigger than any kind of major he's won so far, to be honest with you, because like yeah, you'll see that tour just getting enormous. Oh yeah. The that well, tour they, changed, they changed well it to the, the, the DP tour. World Tour or something yeah. like that. DP World Tour, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Huge pretty, money behind it. It's pretty wild, man. You're gonna see a, that's a global tour. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. see them in every you're going to see in every continent. You really are. Which is awesome, really, because, yeah. they, I mean, I feel like this should have happened 10 years ago with the European tour. Well, it was all kind of building. It just needed yeah. it needed some kind of critical mass, and they were doing that. Right. But you can see when they're having the race. The European tour championship is the race to Dubai. Mm-hmm. Right. You knew it was it was trending in that direction. Right. They once they start having you know off you know winter events in South Africa, they're having you know winter events in in Australia. They have them all over the place. Yeah, South Africa they're in right now, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. it's they're all they're global, and it's it was pretty just wild. maintaining that European tour title until they found the right partner. Yeah. Sure. 
it's crazy to see. I'm excited for the whole thing. We got, we got a lot to look forward to, but not going to keep you for any longer. Pete, it was great talking to you. Um, yeah, likewise. We'll do it again. What, what was that code? One more time for MPI 21. MPI 21, 15% off gift cards, hundred dollars or more. Nice. And that's, that's I was looking at a hundred dollars. Our gift, our, our lesson started a hundred dollars. So that's beautiful. Beautiful thing. Go, don't do the polos this year, people. Don't do it. <laughs> everyone, everyone has too many polos. Exactly. I got about 15 to 20 in my drawer that I haven't even ever wore, probably. It's unbelievable. So get the gift cards, go see the people at MPI. And after that, we're leaving them on the 19th. Thanks again.